welcome to the Shine a Light On series. Today we'll be shining a light on the steps to prepare for a long break with Marie Aplaza. Welcome, Marie. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be back. Yes. Welcome back, actually, our first ever returning guest, which is so exciting. Oh, that's and exciting. Yes. Yes. Very exciting time. And some of our listeners have heard this before, but to start, do you mind just giving us a brief introduction to who you are? Yeah, absolutely. Um, things have changed since the last time I was on. So I think before it was yeah. soft, right? So um, yeah, so now I am a talent recruiter at Netflix. Um, I am a recruiter for their new game development studio, uh, which is really, really exciting. So Netflix is doing video games, it's mobile games. And so I'm really excited to be on the founding team um, for for their talent acquisition team. So really excited about that. Um, but yeah, um, I'm not sure what else has changed since the last time. Um, but that's the biggest, the biggest news, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's huge news. Very exciting, very interesting space to be in. And I'm excited to chat with you about this topic because this episode will be posted in January. So many of us are coming off from a long break, whether they're like, whether you're a student or a professional of some sort, you probably took a break during the holidays. Um, but this is information that will be relevant year round, preparing for that next break, whenever it is. And I feel like the term long break too, is a little bit subjective. That could be a three day weekend. It could be one day, right. Or it could be like a nice, nice long actual break. So let's dive in. I know we recently spoke about four main steps to prepare for a break. Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear them from you high level, and then we can dive into each. So do you mind sharing what those four steps are? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, what I have is unpacking, effective triaging, communication, and setting expectations. So um, high level, you know, unpacking, you know, really unpacking the feeling about going on a long break, right? Like, I feel like there's a lot of feelings that come up when you want to go on a break and take some time off. And so unpacking is really just diluting what that actually means. Um, Effective triaging, I think I'm really excited to talk about this one, but it's just really, how are you prioritizing whatever it is that you're leaving, right? Schoolwork, work, um, professional work, volunteer work, whatever it is, your responsibilities that are critical to your role that you would have to leave for a little bit, um, you know, and really prioritizing that. And then communication, um, what that actually means, how you're telling people about it, how you're communicating and showing up for yourself. Um, what is it that you're communicating effectively? And then setting expectations. So whether that's setting expectations with the people that you are sharing um, in terms of, hey, I'm going on a break. These are some of the things that um you know, I would need your help on while I'm gone, um, as well as setting your own expectations about what your break looks like, you know, like, how are you going to treat yourself? You know, like, I feel like that's always super important when um, heading to time off. So Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the steps. I'm super excited to dive into all of these. And I guess, starting with unpacking, Mm -hmm. which I feel like could mean so many things when preparing for a break, whether you need to just convince yourself you need a break in the first place, or you know, it's coming anyway. So you're just coming to terms with that. But sometimes we take breaks because we have to, for instance, a lot of companies maybe had a shutdown in late December, where people were just taking time off. But how can we recognize when a break is necessary, whether or not it's the end of the year, and it just happens anyway. And I think one step further too, how can we recognize 
we need a break before we burn out and then need a break as soon as possible. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I would start off with, with just stating our bodies and our minds are there for a reason to let us know. You know, I feel like sometimes we always just kind of write it off as, oh, you know, I'm just not feeling myself today. You know, I'm just not, mm-hmm. I'm kind of out of it. You know, Mercury's in retrograde. Maybe that's why I'm not <laughs> feeling well, right? But your body and your mind is really the first indicator, right? Like you'll have a reaction, like your body will tell you something, your mind will tell you something. And those reactions, when they happen, I think that's the part that you really need to be mindful of. Like, what is it? Like, is it, is it stress? Is your work suddenly not up to par? You know, are you not sleeping well? Are you not eating well? Has routines suddenly changed? You know, just seeing those little, um, those little moments is so important. And, And that's really where I see myself when I need a break. And that could be a long one. Or again, like maybe it's like, you know what, I've been on a call for eight hours. I literally need to stop talking for like two minutes. Like, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just realizing when you are at that point, you know, when it's like, that's enough for me and and really calling that out. Um, And I think that's the point. And that's something that everyone should realize is noticing when those smaller instances happen, because I think what happens when, when burnout happens is that it's an accumulation of those small things, right? Because you've just ignored, no, I'll take one more meeting. No, I'll take one more call. No, I'll just do one more hour. I'll do another half an hour. I'll do another, you know, 30 minute meeting here. Like you'll just keep pushing yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden that burnout happens because you have, your body's been telling you you've needed a break for so long um, and you haven't. And that's why people are like, oh my God, I need a break. And they just want to be able to go off for a longer period of time. So I think that's one thing of recognizing is first, listen to your body, listen to your mind, listen to where you are when, you know, when a reaction happens and just being mindful of what that means and doing something about it, you know, before that accumulation happens. Mm -hmm. Yes. Such good points. I definitely agree. Like checking in on your energy levels at the beginning, middle, end of the day, super important. I agree with everything you said. And I like that you mentioned these warning signs too. I know we're going to talk about communication later, but mm-hmm. I think there are, once you recognize that you need a break, there's an immediate communication that could happen. And I know we'll chat about that in a bit, yes. but absolutely. Yes. So moving on to the next step, which I'm also very excited to talk about effective triaging, which I feel like I've never heard that, that phrase together until you said it to me, oh, but cool. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I think effective triaging is a really nice phrase and how you explained it I love because I think it's this particular reason that keeps a lot of people at work so they say like oh I'll, I'll take a break like once this project is done or once this task is done and then maybe the project gets extended forever and ever the break never comes right so why do you think this idea of offloading tasks or waiting to do tasks until after break is super difficult for some people and what sort of advice do you have to find that balance between doing it now versus just taking a break and doing it later. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, like one of the things is people are like, well, once this is no longer a priority is when I'll fall off of it. But I mean, I'll I'll start off by kind of defining what effective triaging means and where the idea came from is that um, 
it was from a TED talk that I watched um, a couple months ago, but this woman, she works in like an ER hospital. And she said that, you know, for them, like, that's how they are able to um, figure out like which patients to work with, you know, when they come into the ER, you know, so red is, you know, urgent and life threatening. And then yellow is um, urgent, non life threatening. And then green is, um, what is it? It's like non life threatening, you know, and then that's their that's their whole like color scheme. So it's like red, yellow, and green. And so when I think about effective triaging, and us professionals at work or at school, whenever it comes to like having to take a break, what color do you see? Everything's red, right? Mm -hmm. Everything that you do from, you know, from top of the tier, here's everything that I need to get done. And if I don't do it, it's going to bottleneck all the way down to even the administrative tasks. Like, oh no, who's going to, who's going to fix the printer when I'm not here? You know, like even something as simple as that, like we see red, right? We see everything as urgent. And so that's what effective triaging uh, means in this case is knowing what your reds are, knowing what your yellows are, knowing what your greens are, um, and really being able to prioritize that. And so Mm -hmm. Going back to your question, you know, like why, um, why is it difficult? So again, one thing like we said earlier is the fact that everyone sees everything as a priority. And so that's hard to go away because it's like, well, my entire role is priority, you know, nothing is going to get done if I'm not around, <laughs> you know, and we feel that. But, and also I feel like we don't want to inconvenience anyone, right? Like, oh, well, if I say X, Y, and Z are my most high priority, and I have to go on vacation, like, oh, I'd hate to give that to Mariah because she has her own X, Y, and Z to mm-hmm. take care of. So I feel like it's also a mix of, um, you know, not wanting to inconvenience anybody as well. So I think that's that's really the hard part um, about mm-hmm. it. But it really is understanding what are those things that really do create bottlenecks, right? Like if you were not there, what is going to really stop the process? Like where's the assembly line going to break? if I'm not there. And then knowing like, actually, if I'm gone for two days, n- nothing's going to go wrong. You know, mm-hmm. like lives are going to still live and, and be there. Everything's going to be just fine. And I can handle that when I'm back. Knowing what that is too, so that you're not thinking that everything on your desk is, is flashing red, right? Yeah. So that's that's right. really what, what it's, it should be about. That totally makes sense. And when you explain it in the form of like an ER in the ER space, like coming from someone that does that all the time, it totally makes sense. Like the red, yellow, green, if we right. just convert that to, to tech or whatever industry you're in. Um, totally. It's and just your task and priorities, right? Yes. You know, like totally makes those... sense. Exactly. Yeah. So like administrative tasks, those are probably your greens, right? But really like right. maybe those weekly reports that always need to go to the CFO, that's going to be your red. Like that's mm-hmm. always something that you want to make sure you're handling or someone is handling or is aware that that needs to be handled. Definitely. I feel like that's good general advice, to be honest, because we all have our like lengthy to-do lists, whether it's in our personal lives Mm -hmm. uh, for work or whatever. But if we sort of first organize them in that way, red, yellow, green, and then prioritize, that would probably make taking a break easier as well. Totally. Totally. I definitely agree. All righty. Marie, moving on to communication, which is always the most important thing, I think. Um, 
when it comes to communication, it can be it can be uncomfortable to even ask for time off in the first place, especially if there's a big deadline coming up or you just again, like you mentioned, you'd feel guilty about handing off work to your coworkers. But it can also be hard to remind your team about it because I have coworkers too that leading up to their vacation or their time off, they just remind us, which I appreciate. Um, but it can be uncomfortable like coming from that person. So how can we overcome the fear of judgment or responses from the team when we ask for time off? That'll be my first question, but yeah. we'll dive in a little bit to this one. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think it's it's realizing what that fear is, right? Like, what is that fear of judgment really? Like, is it the fear of looking lazy? Is it the fear of my performance is not up to par because I'm gone? Is it feeling like that fear, like, oh, I'm leaving my team to suffer because I'm gone? You know, like, I feel like, and I, I feel like that goes back to unpacking, right? Like, it really mm-hmm. is going back to, I feel like all of these things, like, work together in itself. Um, but it's unpacking that. Like, what is the fear? Like, what are you scared of? Like, before mm-hmm. really, like, just answering the question um, up front, like, let's wordsmith it, right? Like, you say fear of judgment. Okay, judgment of what? You know, so first off, realizing what is it that is holding you back from from sharing it right um i also feel like sometimes it does come from like the culture of your team like maybe if your team hasn't gone on vacation or taken a break Mm. for a long time and you're the one who's gonna do it it kind of looks bad right or you feel like it looks bad um but i don't know i i'm a big fan of you know recreating uh, the culture on your team, like there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, being additive in your team. So for example, if your team hasn't gone on vacation, and you're the first person to go, you can say, Hey, you know, team, I'm just letting you know, I'm going to be on vacation for the next week. Um, you know, I really hope that, you know, that inspires you to go on vacation, you know, in, in the near future, you know, I I'm going on a trip to Hawaii and would love to share my experience. And if you want to go to Hawaii, I'm happy to, um, you know, give you some recommendations, you know, like Mm. really put a positive spin on it. Um, and that's the thing, like, why are we putting such negativity on time off? Right. (laughs) Um, but like you said, there is such a fear about it, but I think if you put a more positive spin on it, you encourage your team, like, Hey, I know I'm going on vacation, but I hope I see you guys go on vacation too. (laughs) You know, I feel like just cultivating that kind of conversation and culture in your team, um, can be really helpful. And, you know, like, hopefully that just becomes, Um, a ritual right within your teammates or it's like oh you're going on vacation oh I'm so excited for you you know Mm -hmm. not like a oh what does that mean for me when you're gone but really it's genuine excitement for that other person Mm -hmm. yeah yes no that that makes a lot of sense and I love this idea of sort of recreating the culture on your team if necessary to actually value time off yeah and encourage it in others I think super super smart very good idea and it does make, I think it would make coworkers happier too, to like know that you're going on vacation rather than like you mentioned, having this mindset of, oh gosh, what does that mean for me? Like, what, what will my workload turn into? Instead, they'll just be happy for you and hopefully somewhat happy to take on some of your tasks while you're away. Yeah. Um, I guess linking this back to unpacking. So when you first sort of realize that you need a break or you feel yourself maybe losing motivation at work and maybe you're thinking about it. Do you have any tips about, I don't even know who to speak to or 
what to say to your yourself or your manager about what's going on in your head. Because I think at the end of the day, like we could all use a mental health day every once in a while, but it's also like you mentioned as well, it's, it's sort of like stigmatized a little bit, just like taking time off for the sake of giving your, your brain a rest is like yeah. not super common. Unfortunately, I, I've seen it more often nowadays, which is good. But what are your thoughts on that? Just, just asking for like a mental health day, how do you even approach that conversation? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're all human, right? At the end of the day, that's something that we all have to know and realize is that we're not superheroes, right? <laughs> you know, like we we have breaking points. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for me, you know, you know, for me, I'm just I'm just straightforward. You know, I know where my breaking point is, and I think I believe that's fair to tell my manager, my teammate, HR, or someone that, hey, you know what? I I can do really well at this job when I'm at my best. But right mm-hmm. now, at this very moment, um, I won't be able to produce, you know, my best work um, because I'm not in the right headspace right now. Mm. Um, and I just need a moment. You know, sometimes it is a moment. Like it could, like yeah. you said, it could be a whole mental health day, which is totally fine. But again, recognize those, um, you know, recognize those moments. Is it a whole mm-hmm. day? Maybe it's like, I just need to go to the bathroom and wash my face and come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes it's just as simple as that. Um, but asking for what you need, I think is the best way to do it. You know, I don't think you need to skirt around it. I don't think you need to come up with a fluffy story on why I need mental health today, blah, blah, blah. Like, Again, we're human and I think everyone will appreciate if you're just straightforward and just say Mm -hmm. what you need. But also, um, and I know we're going to get into it later, but, you know, setting those expectations. I need a moment. I need five minutes. But as soon as I can get my mind together and, you know, myself together, I will jump on that task right away. You know, so I think it's just being able to really share what you need. Um, but letting that person also know, like, what's going to happen after this, you know, like after my mental health day, you will get 100% Mariah, you know what yes. I mean? Like you are going to get me, you know, right. and I think that's, and I think that's always helpful for anyone you're communicating with is like, what's the after, right? Because I feel mm-hmm. like the fear sometimes is, oh no, Mariah needs a break. Am I ever going to see her again? Like, what does that mean? Should me just like leave and not ever come back? You know, I feel like that person you're communicating to has their own fears, right? Like their Mm -hmm. own, like, oh no, if Mariah doesn't come back, then this is not going to happen. And, you know, they kind of spiral in their own thoughts. But if you give them something to fall back on, hey, I need a break. I'm going to come back. When I come back, I'm going to do this. And you give them kind of that, you know, that loop to to close out. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where better communication and better support will come too. You know, like, I feel like your manager, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to back up. I'm not going to micromanage. I'm not going to check in on you. If you say you need a break and you're going to come back and work on it, then I'm going to expect that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. No, very good points. You are reminding me, we just recorded another podcast episode for the same season called how resting makes us human. And we talked okay. a little bit about how we value our technology so much and all of our technology needs recharging time but we never think about our own recharging time. So I like this idea you're bringing up of knowing what you need. Cause sometimes maybe it's, maybe it is a week, right? 
or maybe it's just like a a nice hour long break away yeah. from your computer screen. So I think knowing your bandwidth and what you need to recharge. And again, like you said, setting expectations once you're recharged, yeah. that's a very good idea. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And since we're on that topic, Marie, setting expectations for when you come back, super important. And I actually feel like I personally don't do this enough. I'm, I think um, I'm getting good at giving a lot of warning when I'm going to go on a break and figuring out, you know, what will be done while I'm away. But I don't notice this part as much from even like coworkers back to me of Mm. what will happen when they come back or what I can expect of others or what they can expect of me when when we're back to work. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, during this shutdown, we had a timeline of some tasks that we're going to get done when we come back. So we know what's going to get done in like the weeks to come. So I think Mm -hmm. that's like a good sign. And hopefully that's along the lines of what you mean by setting expectations. But do you have any advice for people on how to properly estimate their deliverables after vacation? And I ask this because I've witnessed and I've probably done myself of over-promising post-break, if that makes sense. So even like these two, like two weeks off, maybe you take two weeks off and you know that everyone will be wanting you to deliver things quickly when you're back, probably, right? Since you've had so much vacation time. But how do you avoid over-promising before your vacations even started? Does that question make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I feel like, yeah, when I say setting expectation, it is what you said, like that looking ahead, right? Like, okay, when I'm back, here's, here's the game plan, right? Like when I'm back, here's going to be the things that I'm going to be, you know, working on. Um, But in, in terms of not over promising, I think it really is just about the technique of it, like the strategy of it, then like the actual um, pieces that you are saying that you are going to deliver on. Um, Mm. And what I mean by that is when I, when I do my game plan, you know, so when I go on vacation, I give my, my coworkers, whoever's going to be covering for me, right? Like X, Y, Z, here are my urgent stuff. Here are my reds, right? I'm going to hand this to you, you know, please take care of it while I'm gone. And the moment I'm back, you know, I'll take those reds from you, you know. Um, But I also say like, but I also set it up in a way of like, even though I'm taking those reds from you, it doesn't mean I'm going to take it without context. Like, I want to know, were any of those reds turned green? Were Mm. any of those reds eliminated? Did any of those reds burst into flames? (laughs) You know, like, what happened to the reds? And so I think it's really like, that's the piece of like, avoiding the overpromise part is I'm going to take this back. I'm going to do this when I'm back, but also make sure you have context, you know, mm. so that you can figure out like, okay, that's how I'm going to handle this. Um, and sometimes things will figure it out on its own, right? Like I know I've had coworkers I've given my reds to, and when I've come back, they're like, oh, don't worry about it. I closed it out all the way. Like it's done. Like it's not even on your to-do anymore. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? That's crazy. You know, like sometimes that stuff could happen. Um, but I think it, it's giving that person um, the knowledge and knowing that you are going to take that back and, you know, will have that know-how to, to manage it afterwards. Does that make yes. sense? No, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. I think it also connects to all your points about communication early on too. So it's like the communication that needs to happen 
before and after the break is is all related to this it seems totally another thing too is like um I don't try to do this very often because I feel like sometimes it gets lost but planning for your worst case scenario Mm. right but I feel like when you plan for the worst case scenario you kind of get we feel like that's gonna happen and then your whole break is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then your whole break is lost because you're like, oh my God, the worst thing is ever going to happen. But yes. I feel like when you plan for worst case scenarios, at least everybody will know, like, if that were to happen, here are the steps we're going to take, you yeah. know? And so when you do go back and you knew like, okay, these deliverables are going to happen. Well, worst case scenario, what if that deliverable does not happen on that week? What, right. what what would you do? What's going to happen? Who's affected, right? And so I think plotting that out ahead of time helps, again, avoid that over-promise piece because it's like, well, worst case scenario, you know, this is what happened or this is what could happen. We've got a plan for that. We've got a backup. So Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree with you that it can cause some anxiety, but it is also healthy to chat out and think out because... Also, when you're handing off those reds to your coworkers, if you're able to tell them, you know, this could happen, it probably won't, but it could. And if I'm still away too, like this is how you could deal with it, at least to put it on hold until I'm back. Oh, I think that's super important. So Mm -hmm. I love these points, Marie. I love those four points in general to prepare, but I do want to switch gears a little bit. Um, This point in particular, whether it's a weekend or a long break, it's, this always happens to me where you come back to work on a Monday or whatever day it is. And if I say like, how was your break? How was your weekend? I usually get the response and I say myself, oh, it wasn't long enough or it went by so fast. And I feel like this, it's so common for people to say, which yeah. is good because that just means people are, are having fun and hopefully like actually taking a break. But how do you think we can actually slow down and be more mindful about our breaks while we're in it so that it actually feels fulfilling and we come back to work? And we say, it was good. It was a good break. And now I'm ready to work again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, right? Like, so I feel like we spend a lot of our break trying to unwind instead of just unwinding right (laughs) away. Right. So I feel like that's, that's kind of the problem. It's like, oh, it wasn't long enough because I spent, I had a whole seven days, but all five days I was worrying about work and two days was finally when I felt better about it. Yes. (laughs) Um, So I feel like, you know, that's probably why, but you know, I think, I think planning ahead, like, what is it that you want? Like, why are you going on this break? You know, like, what is it that you want for yourself? Like, what is the goal? You know, like, I know that sometimes feels a little bit weird. Like, why would I set goals for my break? But I feel like because of this topic, like why we're having this topic, it's, it's important to identify it. Um, You know, so, you know, I know some people are like, I just want to disconnect, right? I just want to like, get off my phone and not look at it until I'm back at work. Or, you know, I really want to, you know, read a book for once and not watch any Netflix, (laughs) you know, or, or take a walk and, you know, see the sights and all that stuff. And so I think planning that out and knowing what your goals are when you are on a break is super important. And just keeping that close to heart, you know, like, again, like, I think that's where that mindfulness is, is not getting lost in okay, now I'm on my break. I need to do all these things to prepare for. It's like, no, once you're on break, go back to that, go back to those goals. And you know what? I'm going to read a book. Like I said, I was going to read a book. I'm going to put my phone down and I'm going to grab the book. I'm going to start, you know, like, I think it is just starting it too. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that helps to kind of slow everything down. Um, 
And I also want to throw in meditation. Like I think the fastness, a lot of mental, you know, yeah. like you're a hundred miles an hour all the time in your head, right? Like your body may have slowed down, right? Like you may be laying in bed and sleeping in for the first time, but your mind is going a million miles an hour. That's where I feel like a lot of that speed comes from. And so mm -hmm. I think meditating and just knowing like there's nothing for you to worry about, you know, you've set up your reds, you've got your communication down, you've set your expectations, you put your out of office away, you know, and just, just reconnect back to yourself. Mm -hmm. so, yes. Yeah. I love all these points. And there's, there's always plenty of space to mention meditation, I think. So I'm glad yes. you, you mentioned that too. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good idea of creating goals for a break, which seems like counterintuitive since you're supposed to rest and not necessarily trying to reach for some measurable thing. But even if you are maybe like a bit of a workaholic setting goals, like, okay, the first day I'll check my email for like 15 minutes and then the next day, 10, the next day, five, and then not at all for the rest of my vacation. Even if it's like something measurable like that. So you are more at ease of sort of offboarding your workload yes. through your vacation. I think that would be super helpful. So I love this idea. Yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, if you're taking a longer break, I like to say like, what is it that you've always wanted to do? You know, like, I know for me, I'm like, I would love to skydive. Like maybe on my break, I'm just going to go <laughs> skydive. Like, you know, like sometimes it's just like going yes. ahead and doing it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but I, I love that point as well that, you know, sometimes it is, a, you know, take the bite size, you know, bite sizes to, to get yourself acquainted. But then there's also the other side where it's like, if you say you're going to be off your phone, you, yes. know, you can totally do that too. But again, it's, it's um, having that discipline too, right. To do all yeah. those things. Yeah. Yes. No, I agree. Whatever it is, like stick to it because that was the plan is probably yes. the best way to think about it. Yes. All right, Marie, we're at our last question. Do you have any last words of wisdom for us about preparing for and enjoying a long break? Yeah, I mean, take care of yourself. You know, I feel like a break should always make you feel like you've taken care of you. You know, you're not owning your your break to anybody. You know, it doesn't belong to your coworkers. It doesn't belong to your employer. It doesn't belong to school or wherever you are. Like, your break is yours. And so... I feel like, yeah, don't ever let that get lost is like, you know, make sure that you are prioritizing what you want to do, what you want to feel, you know, reconnecting, disconnecting, realigning, recalibrating, whatever it is that you are doing for this break, um, that you know that it is solely for you. Mm -hmm. um, and, and not forgetting that because, you know, it, it's so important to not be lost in all the hubbub of like going on a break and having a planet and everything. Like I know we talked about a lot of different ways to strategize, but when you're actually there, like that is always my hope for anybody is, you know, you've done it for you. Like it's always mm -hmm. for you and it made you happy at the end of the day. So. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Marie, for joining us. Great chatting with you as always. Thank you so much. Of course. Is anyone tuning in? Thank you for joining us. As always at Opal, we shine brighter together and we'll see you next time.